listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Well, we are in the middle of a series called Growing Up. Somebody say Growing Up. And we are looking at our journey to spiritual maturity. It really is a challenge for us as a church. Um, We do some great things, um, but I think we all have room to grow. I think we all have have room to mature in our faith. The first week of this series, we looked at Paul's letter to the Ephesians as Paul addressed the doctrinal and the practical, what we believe and, and how we behave. He spoke of growing and maturing in the Lord. Last week, we focused in on the dangers of staying too close to the getting in place. You don't want to stay where you're at right at the moment of salvation. That's the getting in place. That's not where you want to just camp out. You want to grow past that. Paul compared it to being infants in our faith that can only handle spiritual milk. He said that that's all you can handle. Too many churches are pureeing the gospel to fit cultural preferences rather than teaching people how to eat, swallow, and digest the meat of the word. And what I mean by the meat of the word is some of the, the, the harder scriptures that, that you read them and you're like, man, I, I don't know how that applies to life today in our, in our current culture, in our current setting. No, it's necessary. It's necessary. And, and I'm committed to being a pastor, a preacher, that is going to help you learn to, to eat, swallow, and digest the word of God. Sometimes it, it needs to be a little painful. Sometimes it needs to be hard to swallow. But we're going to learn how to do that. Amen? Amen. I, I've never been one to sugarcoat the gospel, and I'm not going to start, okay? And I, and I speak this with love. I do. But, but if you want to be a part of this church, you're going to have to accept that, that we're going to preach the truth of God's word, and we're going to preach the, the whole word of God, rightly divided. We're going to preach it. And, um, and I, hope, I hope that you will stick around and you'll grow and, and mature with us in our faith. Amen? Amen. Well, when I was a child... Somebody say, when I was a child. When I was a child, I had a huge collection of Star Wars toys. I loved it. Loved Star Wars. I had action figures. I had the Millennium Falcon, a big Millennium Falcon. I had the Death Star. I had the Ewok Village. I had uh, the Jabba the Hutt uh, action play set. I had an X-Wing fighter. I had a TIE fighter. I had a Tauntaun. And I had Yoda's Dagobah play set. How many of you in the room have no idea what I'm talking about right now? Okay. Well, I'm geeking and nerding out on you right now, okay? Because this, this was what I longed for. You name it, I probably had it. At one time, my mom and I, we sat down and we figured up that I had close to $2,000 retail back then in the early 80s. Over $2,000 retail. That's when action figures were $1.95 a piece, Okay, so just to give you an idea, for about four to five straight years, if you asked me what I wanted for my birthday, if you asked me what I wanted for Christmas, the answer was simple. I wanted something Star Wars related. That was just what this kid was into. And, 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 and if I had money in my pocket, if I, got, if I got money for doing chores or whatever, I wanted to spend it on Star Wars. And on Saturday mornings, man, it, it's so good for me to relive this stuff. I love it. On Saturday mornings, I'd wake up early, and, and I would take all of my Star Wars toys to the den. And, and, and for a few hours every Saturday morning, while Saturday morning cartoons were on the TV so I could hear them, I was in a galaxy far, far away. 
It was tremendous. And, and um, by noon, I was packing everything up and storing it away back in my bedroom because I am a really neat person and I don't like my stuff getting lost. And so I made sure all the action figures were put back in their cases and, and it, it's, it's weird. Pray for Mandy. It's a sickness. But this lasted, like I said, for about four or five years. About four or five years. And I can't really pinpoint it. But one day that desire stopped. I stopped desiring to set up the den full of, of action figures and spaceships. And, and I just, there was just something that happened. And I no longer had that desire to play with action figures. And unfortunately, I sold it all in a yard sale for under $200. Boy, if I could go back in time, I'd be a rich man. Because I would eventually sell it for the right price. Um, but, but I no longer had that desire. And suddenly, now I just wanted to play basketball. It's like I, I, I grew out of Star Wars. And I just wanted to play basketball. And, 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 and I would come home from school. And, and I just wanted to shoot. And in our backyard, we had a clay, a red clay basketball court. I messed up so many pairs of tennis shoes. Because red clay does not come out of them. And, and, and I would just, just shoot basketball. And then three, uh, two or three nights a week, I, I, would, I would catch a ride down to the park to play basketball with some of the guys in the community. I no longer wanted toys for my birthday. I, never, I didn't want toys for Christmas anymore. Now I wanted starter jackets and sneakers. I wanted Boston Celtics posters and pennants hanging up on my walls. And by the time I graduated high school, I was playing ball almost every night of the week. Somewhere, somehow, I would find a, a game, and, and I would play ball all the time. Um, sometimes our girlfriends would, would go with us to the court, and they would all sit over on the side watching as, as we were fueling our masculinity. You know, every time you made the shot, every time you blocked a shot, you look over to see if your girlfriend's watching. And it's typical... Let me choose my word carefully. Typical women do. No, girlfriends do. Let me put it that way. They're not paying attention. They were over there just talking away. Um, like I said, as we were just trying to prove how manly we were. But then one day, I decided to marry one of those girls. I did. I realized that I didn't always want to be on the basketball court all the time. Now I had another interest. And sometimes it's good to be at home with the new wife. You know what I mean? Even if you haven't matured to that point yet, she's going to make sure that you do. <laughs> and then we had children. And having children will definitely grow you up. Any amens in the room? Having children will grow you up. And, and because your priorities have to change. Playing ball three or four nights a week would now be inconsiderate and certainly irresponsible. The point is, at different times in life, certain actions are acceptable. But as you grow, you should mature. And now those actions are not always acceptable. As we grow and mature, they're, they, are, they are no longer beneficial for us. Some of those actions are no longer beneficial or advantageous for us. And it would be ridiculous for me to, to go to my closet, get the action figures out, and set up the living room like that galaxy far, far away. 
It just wouldn't be beneficial for us anymore. It, it would be ridiculous, ridiculous to think that, that I could still be at the basketball court every night with those guys while my wife and kids were sitting at home. In our Christian walk, church, we also have pre-Christ tendencies and mindsets that have to be laid aside. If you're going to advance in the kingdom of God, you can't walk into that next season of maturity still hanging on to some of those old practices. And there comes a time that we must grow up. Say grow up. I'll look at somebody near you and tell them, grow up. Read between the lines. They're telling you something right now. If they chose to look at you, they're telling you something. The fact of the matter is, everyone who is born again, hear me out, hear me out. Because there's benefits to being born again, right? Forgiveness of our sins. We're all born sinners. We're forgiven. It's a benefit. Eternal life. It's a benefit of being born again. But understand, everyone who is born again is born immature. You've never thought about it. When you're born again... You are born again immature in Christ. It doesn't mean that you don't have salvation. It doesn't mean that you haven't gained eternal life. It just means that you haven't developed, you haven't processed, you haven't matured. And there's no shortcuts to it, church. There's no shortcuts. When you are born again under the banner of mercy, grace, forgiveness, you are forced with a decision to make. And here, here's the decision. Will you grow up in Christ or will you just grow old in Christ? Are you going to grow up in Christ or just grow old in Christ? Because there's a difference. Because one requires no effort at all. Just to grow old, it requires no effort at all. It's just going to happen. The other requires personal discipline, determination, and intentionality. If you want to grow up in Christ... You're going to have to practice spiritual disciplines. If you're going to grow up in Christ, you are going to have to be determined that no matter what comes your way, you're going to stand on Christ the solid rock. That no matter what you face in life, you're going to trust his word and you're going to obey his word. That's what it means. You have to be intentional with it if you're going to grow up in Christ. And I see way too many Christians that are just comfortable in growing old in Christ when they need to learn to grow up in Christ. We have way too many churches that are just filled with old Christians. And they haven't grown up. It's not an age. This has nothing to do with your age. When you grow up in Christ, it must look different than growing old in Christ. Because when you grow old in Christ, you are in danger of becoming frail and cantankerous. But when you grow up in Christ, you become strong yet pleasant. Now it's starting to click. The light bulb's going off as you consider some of the Christians you've known for years. What's their demeanor? How do they process life? What does it look like to grow up in Christ versus growing old in Christ? Uh, one, one verse today for our text, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and then I'll give you some supporting verses to, to go with it. But 1 Corinthians 13, 11, hopefully it will help us in our spiritual maturation today, I hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, the Apostle Paul writes these words. When I was a child, 
I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Let me read it to you again. I want to make sure you get this. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Have you ever heard of the Peter Pan syndrome? This phrase is used to describe people who have a hard time growing up. They want to remain eternally childlike. Like Peter Pan, they long to remain young and carefree. They don't want the responsibilities of adulthood. They don't want the cares and concerns of adulthood. And in the same sense, there are many Christians that subconsciously want to experience the joys of spiritual childhood, but they never experience the responsibilities of mature Christianity. Oh, church, you've got to hear me with this. You cannot stay here at the getting in place. You've got to grow in Christ. And, and, and the Peter Pan syndrome is, is haunting the church right now. Because we're just camping out at grace. We're just hanging out around mercy. And they're true. I told you last week. That's the milk of the word. It's true. you got to have it. But there's got to be more. But, but think about it. I mean, I understand. Children have it made, right? Children, they don't know that they have it made. But they have it made. I watch my grandson. Man, this, this kid doesn't have to do anything in life. It's all done for him. Children have it made. They, they depend on someone else to feed them. Oh, do you see the spiritual part of this yet? They depend on someone else to feed them. When you're young in your faith, you depend on someone to feed you. Little children have it made because there's always going to be someone to change them when their diaper needs to be changed. And that's okay when you first come to Christ. When you make a mess, there's someone there to help you clean it up. What I'm tired of is having to change all these Depends diapers over here with the mature Christians. That's what I'm sick of. When, like Paul said, by now you should know better. By now you should be over here teaching God's word. But somehow you've lost that along the way and, and you've just stayed immature. Throughout my 26 and a half years of full-time ministry, I've seen numerous old Christians, again, nothing to do with age, just, just length of time on how long you've been saved, but I've seen numerous old Christians that depend on someone else to feed them the word, to change their diapers. They also know that, that if they cry loud enough, eventually someone will hear them and give them what they want. And this is the reason why there's so many pastors filling our pulpits right now that, that they don't have a, a backbone in the pulpit to speak the truth of God's word lovingly, but, but still the truth of God's word. They don't have a backbone for it because all they hear is the crying of, of, of what, what should be seasoned Christians and, 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 and no one is growing in the word. No one's growing in their faith. And more than anything else, they're allowing the pressures of society to dictate what they actually believe when all we need is the word of God to tell us what we believe. Let me, let me say this, okay? I don't even need an explanation from God's word. It, it's not about... Why? Why? It, it's not about why. That's childlike. Why, mommy? Why, daddy? Why? 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 
How, how many moms in the room are tired of hearing the word why from your child? Well, so is your pastor. We don't need to explain God's word. He doesn't owe us an explanation at all. If God's word says it, take it to the bank. That's what we have to believe. No matter what society says, we don't need answers as to why. We just need to know this is the truth. The Apostle Paul dealt with it. It's probably why I love the Pauline epistles. It's because Paul just, he would shoot it straight. He loved them. He loved them enough to do that. And in his first letter to the church in Corinth, Paul tells them in chapter 2 that when he first came to them, he kept the message simple. Here's what he said. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, when I first came to you, I just preached salvation through Jesus Christ because that's all you needed at that moment. When I first came to you, it was just Jesus, him crucified, him resurrected, and how you gain eternal life through him. He said, that's all I needed to deal with then. But in the next chapter, he continues with this thought process, 1 Corinthians 3 and 2. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready. So in an effort to help them understand some areas that they needed to grow in, Paul writes in our text today, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, same letter, he writes these words. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. This is what Paul says to them. It's time to grow. And Paul says, I, I'm going to give you a good starting place. You need to grow in Christ. You need to grow up in the Lord. Let me give you a good starting place. And so here's what he says. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. One of the most haunting aspects of parenting is wondering what is going to come out of my child's mouth next. Have you ever been, have, has your child just ever completely and totally embarrassed you? Because kids, man, it, it, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and if it comes to their thought process, be careful. Because it could come out at any moment. Because children seem to speak before they think. Spiritual children also, those that have not matured in their faith, tend to speak before they think. When, when my son Caleb was only about five or six years old, we were sitting in a, in a cafe area in our, our youth building in, in Tampa at the church that I was on staff at. And one of our really good friends, one of my close friends, was sitting across the table from me. And, and he was sitting next to Caleb. Caleb knew him very well, had, had been around him you know, quite a bit in his life. And he was sitting there next to, to, to my son. And I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that sometimes I think more to get on the child's level when we're having conversations, we tend to like kneel down or get, for some reason, we feel like we have to be right in their face for them to understand us. Well, my friend, grown man, he, he leaned over to Caleb in the booth that they were sitting in, this little cafe. He leaned over to him and he's just talking away to him, talking away. He's in mid-sentence when Caleb looks at him and says, your breath stinks. I'm sitting across the table, and I just went, oh, God. Oh, God. What do we do? How do you recover from that, you know? Because whatever comes to their mind just comes out. And, of course, later, you know, I, 
I, I had that conversation with him explaining how rude that was. Though it may be true, you don't always have to say it, you know, that kind of stuff. As adults, we should know better. Because freedom of speech is not freedom from manners. Freedom of speech is not freedom from kindness. Now, now listen, there's certain moments, and I certainly take, take my fair share from, from this pulpit, that we have to speak the truth. But don't forget, Paul said in Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. Okay? It, it, there has to be love behind it. We live in a day and age where people criticize, cancel, and tweet before thinking. And it seems like the more popular they are, the worse it is. As disciples of Christ, we cannot fall into this mindset. Ecclesiastes 5 and 2 says, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word. It means you have to stop and you have to process. Think before you speak. Matthew 12 and 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. I don't like adding to the word of God. I don't think it needs me to. But, but, but let me just, just help you understand because speech is a little different today than it was back then. On the day of judgment, people will give account to every careless word they speak, share, tweet, X, whatever it is. Everything you put on social media, you'll give an account for it one day. Now, this is good timing, church, because this is going to be a huge political year. And I'm challenging you. Be careful with what you put out there. Be careful on how you talk, even on social media. To mature in Christ, we must think before we speak. Let our speech be, uh, whether it be verbal or written, let it be wholesome, uplifting, and edifying. And then there's those rare moments when, when society is pushing so hard that, yes, we may need to share the truth, but let the Word of God speak for you. Sometimes you don't need to add any opinion to it. You just need to put the Bible verse up and leave it alone. Thank you. Oh, let's move on. You're not ready for that. You have way too many notes in your phone of things you can fire and throw up on social media when the political season starts hitting heavy, right? I'm, I'm going to make you delete all those notes in your phone right now. All those things, you know, you, you've got ammunition already geared up. That's why you can't amen me right now. Let's move on. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. Proverbs 16 and 23 says, from a wise mind comes wise speech. You want to know why you're saying stupid things? From a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. How we think affects how we talk. Have you ever met one child that can make, that, that, that can sense danger, and another child in the same situation cannot sense danger? It's like they don't think the same way. It's because common sense is not intuitive. You just don't come by it. It's not natural. Somewhere along the way, the child that could sense danger had someone or something instill that into them. We learn to become mature through examples, and we learn to become mature through experiences. So, so we need someone in our life setting that example, or we're going to have to go through something in life that helps us learn. Because you can, you can even learn from those past mistakes, Right? When Mandy and I first got married, 
me and this group of, of young men in our church in Lake City. I mean, I was early 20s. And, and every Sunday afternoon, we would go down to the local football stadium and, and uh, the high school stadium, and we would play football. Um, not flag, not two-hand touch. Tackle football with no pads. It, it, I, I'm not saying we were the wisest, but it was fun. And uh, we, we were doing this for, for a few months, probably a couple of months maybe. And one day we got to the stadium and the gate was locked and we couldn't get in. And so we went over to the armory across the street. And there was a, a field right there next to the road. And, and we decided we were going to play football there. And running up along the side of the road, there was a, a sidewalk that went. And we just determined that would be out of bounds there. Like, if you, if you run out of bounds or run onto the sidewalk, you're out of bounds. So that's where the ball would be down. Again, playing tackle football. I remember this, this, this poor guy, this poor kid in high school. We kicked the ball off to him. He gets the ball. He starts running towards us. I see him. I've got a direct shot for him. My other friend, he sees him. We're both grown and married. He's in high school. But we collapse on this kid, and we hit him at the same time, at the same point. We hit him as hard as we could. He went flying through the air at least 10 or 12 feet. I'm not kidding you. I, I, it was amazing. We were amazing. <laughs> the ball goes flying out of his hands. He goes to brace himself as he lands out of bounds on the sidewalk. Crunch. He broke both of his wrists. We had to take him to the hospital. And it was that day that I stood to, and, and faced my friends as this guy's being treated. I stood and looked at my friends and I said, gentlemen, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, I've got to be at work to provide for my, my wife, for our home. Today will be the last day that I play tackle football with no pads. And I retired that day from tackle football. Imagine how great I could have been. But responsibility, it's just, it, it's, it's the maturation process. It, it's, it. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Church, as we grow and mature, our thought process, the way that we think should also. We have too many immature children walking around in grown adult bodies making dumb decisions. Unfortunately, it's not just unbelievers. It's Christians too. Thank you. I'm just going to go through this because you're not with me today, and so we're, we're just going to keep going through it. I'm, I must be touching all kind of nerves right now. Finally, Paul said, when I was a child, I reasoned like a child. Children tend to live for that moment. They don't think long term. Their reasoning abilities are, 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 are scarce. If it seems appealing in the moment, a child wants it right now. I want it, and I want it now. As, a, as adults, we know better because we know what's good for a child, what's not good for a child. We understand that eating junk food one hour before dinner is not advantageous. We know that, right? 
We understand that it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin their appetite. And, 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 but, but children, they only see what's right in front of them at the moment. So you can't trust a child to think for themselves. You can't trust a child to think for themselves. Hey, I could save some of you a lot of heartache, especially as your kids get older into middle school and high school uh, and, and even into their young adulthood. I could save you all a lot, a lot of heartache if you'll just listen to me that they only tend to see what's right in front of them. You can't trust a child to think for themselves. You're not getting it yet. Is it because it's cold? Go to D.C. right now. It's not cold here. It's comfortable. Listen to me. You can't trust a child to think for themselves. You can't. You can't trust them to choose the right friends. You can't. You, parents, wake up. Make friends for them. And if it's not a, a beneficial relationship, make sure you put some distance and some space between them and their friends. This isn't parenting class. It's not. But I'm trying to help some of you. Mandy and I always chose who our kids hang out, were hanging out with. And at one, one red flag, man, you better believe we, we were putting the brakes on that relationship. You can choose who they date. Thank you. You can tell you travel with me all week, can you? You cannot trust them to think for themselves. Our society screams, live for the moment. Live for the moment. You only live once. YOLO. You only die once too. You know? Live for the moment. That's what society screams, giving us, uh, uh, giving us this mindset that, that, that whatever I want, I, I can have it right now. I, I don't need to wait for it. I, it's the reason why our indebtedness in America is so high. I want it and I want it right now. I'm just stepping all over everybody's toes today. It's okay. Think about this. No one ever just wakes up one day and decides, today I'm going to be an alcoholic. But there was a moment. There was a moment that they said, you know, I deserve this right now. I need this right now. They're just living for that moment. No one ever just wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be a drug addict. You know, today is a good day to shoot up. No one ever does that. There's gateway drugs that lead them into to where when that's not working anymore, they need something more. Or nobody just wakes up one day and says, you know what? I think today's the day I'm going to have an affair. It doesn't start like that. They're living for the moment. And in that moment, they open themselves up to a conversation with a co-worker or a family friend or someone that they shouldn't have. And the conversation went too far and it went too intimate. Because they were living in the moment for that one decision without guardrails, without, without, without any type of, of barriers. And, and, and now they find themselves in an affair. And, and no one just wakes up one day and says, you know what? I think today is the day I'm going to get a divorce and lose my children. And no, they made a decision one day to put work before family. I know because I was one of those guys that did that. I put work before family and it almost cost me my marriage and my relationship with my children. You cannot live, it's childish thinking to live for the moment. I want that candy 30 minutes before dinner. No, no you don't. You, you, I'll tell you what you want and when you want it, child. We've got to grow in the way that we process because these things happen because we don't think about the long-term effects of, of, of short-term pleasure. 
And Paul said uh, to the church in, in Colossae, in Colossians 3 and 2, he said, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. In other words, think about how every decision affects eternity, because they, they do. Every decision affects eternity. And, 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 and Paul said, you've got to set your mind on, on eternity. You, you, you cannot get focused on the things of the world. You cannot be satisfied with that pleasure for a moment because that pleasure for a moment, it might cost you in the end. And so Paul said, how you talk, how you think, and how you reason affects your spiritual maturity. And Paul challenged us to grow in these areas. So here's how we're going to close this today. Tim, you can come on up. Team, y'all get ready. Um, Here's how we're going to do this. In school, to help us uh, uh, grow in knowledge, to help us become educated, they would often give us a pop quiz. You know, the pop quiz is, is not necessarily on your schedule. It might be on the teacher's schedule. But a pop quiz happens when you're least expecting it. Well, today I'm going to give us a pop quiz. But I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But I want you to consider this mentally. Okay? It's very easy. It's three questions. That's all it is. But I want you to be honest. First question on our pop quiz today. How can I grow in my speech? Verbal or written or typed. How can I grow in my speech? Just consider it for a moment. How can I grow in my speech? Second question. How can I grow in my mindset? In my thinking? I could probably do a follow-up question to that for extra points. Because some of that is not intuitive, who am I allowing to speak into my life that affects the way that I think? Last question. How can I grow in my reasoning? Like what, what guardrails do you need to put into place? For you to consider how this affects eternity. Be focused on the things above. What do I need to put in place? What reminders do I need to help me grow in the way that I process, in the way that I reason? Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.